Hello, this is Reverend John Harfouche, and you're listening to the Christian Harfouche Ministries podcast. We have a message for you today from Pastor Christy Amira Harfouche. For more information, live broadcasts, and video teachings, connect with us online at globalrevival.com and join us every week for the Christian Harfouche Ministries podcast. Just jump up to your feet today, put your hands on your spirit, say, I'm a believer. I have active faith. I have an alert mind. My body's full of energy. I want what God has for me today. And I won't leave here without it. I will hear the word. I will heed the word. And I will change. If you believe in the power of Jesus Christ to transform, change, heal, deliver, save. Just give him the greatest shout of praise in this place. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. And I, I just want to say before Reverend John, before you minister to the people. Yes. That Dr. Arfush, when he was ministering to us along these lines, he spoke about the demoniac boy who was vexed with the devil. He was, yeah. he was possessed with the devil. And the disciples were unable to cast the devil out. Yeah. And they said, why couldn't we cast him out? Yeah. Why couldn't we cast him out? And Jesus said, because of your unbelief, how be it, this kind cometh not out but by... That's right. Fasting and prayer or prayer and fasting. So there's a kind. Someone say there's a kind. There's a kind. That doesn't come out. That doesn't come out. But by fasting. But by fasting. And prayer. And prayer. And, and, and. He, and we see through the fasting prayer and power course, one of the things Dr. Harfouche teaches about is how fasting and prayer allows you to be receptive to a greater level of the God kind of faith. Yeah. So this kind cometh out by prayer and fasting. Yeah. That means whatever a hindrance or a delay or the power of darkness that has come against your life and your victory or whatever it is, this kind cometh out by prayer and fasting. Hallelujah. And so this is a supernatural key that has been practiced by the early church for 2,000 years that unlocks a greater level of power and a greater level of authority, a greater accessibility to the God kind of faith. Yeah. And many of our people around the world, are you so looking you at me? Yes, I'm positive. Okay. Uh, because we have 33 states and 13 nations so far that are joining us during this time of fasting and prayer. And many of them have asked, how can I be a part of 40 days of fasting? Yeah. What, what can I do to be a part of that? And so um, I'm going to stop now so that you can speak to the people. But how many of you are excited about what the Lord is doing? Uh, yeah. That's, I mean, I'm incredibly excited about that. I've been like looking forward to this. I'm so excited about this fast. It's going to be so good. Listen, you know, there, there was a, a, a gentleman who told me that some of his family members had, had told him that, uh, oh, well, 
fasting is Old Testament. We don't need to fast because, you know, what, what can you achieve by fasting that Christ has not already achieved? That's the most backwards way to think that, that you could possibly have. Now, how many of you know when the Lord directed his apostles and commissioned them to go out and gave them authority over devils? There wasn't a type of devil that he didn't give them enough power to cast out. The lacking, what was lacking in the case of the demoniac boy was not the power of God, was not the power of the name of Jesus over the devils. It was the unbelief of the ones who had been sent to cast them out and the unbelief of the ones who were not receiving the ones who were sent to cast them out. And the answer to that was fasting and prayer because when we draw nigh to God, he draws nigh to us. It's clear that the Lord has already paid the price for it all, but it's also clear Uh, when you meet some people that they have not been transfigured into the image of Jesus Christ, into the fullness of the stature of everything that he paid for for them. There's a whole lot that people are not walking in that the price has already been paid for. So thank God that he is faithful and he gave us the capacity to walk with him and to walk like him and to walk in his footsteps and when we do that it will it, there will never be a point that we are more faithful than God it will always be we draw nigh to God and the amount that he pours out will shock us every time Because it's always according to his measure, which is a whole lot more impressive than our measure. So you might not think that doing something in the natural is a big deal because it's not a big deal. But if you won't even do that, then you're not giving the Lord anything to work with. So what is this 40-day fast? Now, I'm not going to speak to you for very long because I just want to give you the basic information that we need so that we're all on the same page over the course of this fast. The fast starts Monday. It's called Pure Monday. And it's 40 days from that day until uh, Palm Sunday. And then we have all the Holy Week leading up to Easter that whole week. Praise God. Now... There are multiple 40-day fasts in the Bible that we can read about. Moses fasted 40 days, nothing but water, twice, right? Elijah fasted 40 days after he received the food from the angel, and the Lord fasted 40 days, nothing but water. But how many of you know in every one of those cases that they had supernatural help? That's not something that you can do by your own natural ability, and that's not something that you should do if the Lord does not direct you and empower you supernaturally to do it. It is not recommended, right? You're not going to achieve anything by trying to be holy in your own strength by replicating something without the direction of God. So how does the church fast for 40 days? Because it became a very early and immediate practice for Christians to fast for 40 days because we walk after and we walk in the footsteps of the Lord. Well, we have a 
uh, when we look back and we look back at the history and the writings of the church and the letters that they sent to one another and the church fathers and church manuals and church canons, all those things, we see that there was a a simple set of things that they would do as a basis so that everyone could get involved in this time of fasting so that the whole church could be unified and in unity synchronize their faith, you could say, in prayer at specific times of the year. So uh, the early fasting practices in the church are very well preserved and they're very simple. There are three major elements uh, to the fast. There is the fast of the 40 days. There is regular fasting on Wednesdays and Fridays outside of the fast of 40 days. And there is the times that you're not supposed to fast, which is Sundays. You break fast on Sunday because it is when you celebrate the resurrection of Christ. And when the church is supposed to come together in fellowship, so it's not a time of fasting, it's a time of celebration. Now that doesn't mean that you have to pig out because that's usually not how we worship the Lord, hallelujah. But it does mean that we will come together and celebrate on those Sundays. And then also there are three weeks in the year that we don't fast. That's the week that starts with Easter, the week that starts with Christmas, and the week that starts with Pentecost. And actually, if you add up all of the days based on that that you're fasting in the year, if you were to choose to do both of those fasts, that regular fasting and that 40-day fast, you would be fasting 120 days in the year. Now, I know that doctor and doctor will be doing that. We are doing that. If any of you want to be a part of that, you can be a part of that. But that's the first bit of information that you need. Now, how many of you recognize that's not complicated? Right? Uh, And this goes all the way back. I'm not going to go through and read all of the church fathers on it, but it's in all, all kinds of different places in the church. We have the Middle Eastern church manuals from the first century while the Bible was still being written that say that we fast on Wednesday and Friday. So that regular Wednesday and Friday fast is from the beginning. And then that 40 days was an emulation of Christ was from the beginning. But in North Africa, in Egypt, in Alexandria, it lists the fasts. There's some... uh, pastoral letters to Christians because the Christians are asking when they should fast or if they should fast with some of the other groups that aren't Christian, right? Like they should fast in the Old Testament way or what they should do. And the answer was, we the Christians have our fast, which is Wednesdays and Fridays and the 40 days. And then you see the same thing in Africa. This is from an Ethiopian church canon in 200 which is well before Christianity was legal, and in a part of the world where a whole lot of people don't realize the Christians had already uh, taken over, um, the fast days which have been fixed are Wednesday, Friday, and the 40 days. So it's not a complicated thing. <coughs> it's not hard to keep track of, but how many of you are glad that you know we don't have to make these things up? Because we have inherited 
something because we are the inheritors of that faith that was once delivered. And so it's very important for us to pay attention to how our ancestors practiced if we're going to walk in what they walked in and walk in the way that they walked. And praise God, these things are a blessing to us. They're not a burden to us. So we will, we will be fasting and we're recommending fasting by the, what is the Antiochian way, how the church of Antioch did it, which is fasting for 12 hours from midnight until noon. And traditionally, you'll fast nothing but water from midnight until noon if you uh, need to find out how you can make an exception for coffee so that you can uh, function, ask the Lord, and come and do everything that you do in faith, nothing wavering. Praise the Lord. But it's, it's 12 hours. It's from midnight until noon. And that is the, uh, the way that's presented so that everyone, it's usually just everyone who's 18 and over because, you know, you little ones need to grow. Uh, <laughs> praise God. Uh, everyone can partake in the fast and you can fast in this way, and it's very simple. That way, you know, if, if, if you are not the kind of person that can afford to lose any weight, you don't have to lose any weight. And you can still dedicate that time to the Lord. But I know that some of you will be doing more than that. And there is no uh, problem with that. Now, however the Lord directs you, whatever you want to do in addition to that, however you want to decide how much you're going to eat, if you're going to have one meal or you're going to have one regular meal and a small meal during that 12 hours or whatever you're going to do, uh, just ask the Lord and be in faith. But that base level means we all have the opportunity to get involved. And... This time is not, it's not just a discipline, even though discipline is good. How many of you know it's better to be disciplined than undisciplined, right? And consistent rather than inconsistent. But this is a time of dedication to the Lord. So you can ask the Lord what during that time you can give up so that you can better focus on the things of God. Maybe you want to fast any kind of media or entertainment for those same 12 hours that you're fasting food so that you know that what you're doing during that time is praying. Or maybe you want to do it, do that 24 hours for the whole 40 days. Maybe there's certain types of food and other things that you want to give up completely for those 40 days. That's fine, but that's the basic level. Now, Dr. Robin was saying there's three things that you can do. And the three things are we have that, 12 to 12. It's six days a week because we don't fast on Sunday. So you'll break fast on Sunday, that 12 to 12, six days a week. Or the, the uh, uh, African standard of the fast is five days a week. If the six days a week is too difficult, whatever your health situation is. And it's very important that you pay attention to that. Because you're not trying to make yourself miserable. That's not the goal. Right? And you're not trying to hurt yourself. 
like some kind of, no, the, the purpose is you should be far healthier and you will be far healthier by the time that you get to the end of these 40 days. So if you have any kind of thing that you need to speak with a healthcare provider about a condition like diabetes, hypoglycemia, other things like that, this is not about uh, rigorism. The Lord was very clear to not fast as the hypocrites fast. They put a sad face on. They look miserable. They don't wash their hair. He specifically mentions that, right? They don't anoint their face. And they go around looking miserable so that everyone will be impressed with how hardcore they are fasting. And you know what the Lord said? He said, they already have their reward. So that means all they got is the likes and the comments on their posts. And they will get nothing from God for how hardcore they are presenting their fast. No, he said, what you do, go out, look good, look happy, because the fast isn't about being miserable. And what you do in secret, the Lord will reward you for openly. Hallelujah. So we, we can ask the Lord what the best thing for us to do is, but we can all come into agreement around those basics. And I think Dr. Robin shared last night what they're doing. They're have the 12 hours. They're also going to be eating soups and fasting, just some light fare, very little bit. They're hardcore fasters and have been doing it for a lot of years. But, you know, some of you work very physical jobs. I don't know what's going on. You know, people have different situations. How many of you are happy that there is a simple thing like that that can get us all in agreement? So it's not like we're all going different directions with no idea what anyone is doing. We have that. So that's what we are following and what we are recommending. That's six days a week, fasting completely from midnight until noon. And if you need to do five days a week and break fast on Saturdays and Sundays, that's also okay. And the third way is if for any health reason or anything like that, you cannot go 12 hours without eating something. Because how many of you know there are some situations like that that people have in their bodies? Then you can fast like a, uh, like maybe fast one meal in the day and break up the rest, or have one meal in the day and break that up into smaller pieces throughout the day uh, according to your health, right? So those are some alternatives that we have to make it even easier for you to get involved. But the point is for us all to be unified, for us all to be one body, for us all to set this time apart to God for prayer and for preparation and for change. And you will see a change in every area of your life. And today we have all kinds of people who have nothing to do with the history of the Christian faith, who have nothing to do with the Lord, who have realized that the ancient fasting practices of the Christians are actually super good for you and have started doing it purely for their physical health benefits. 
You want to talk about putting the kingdom of God first and having all of these things added unto you. You know, the Christians have been fasting that way for 2,000 years, not even thinking about that kind of benefit because their focus was on the things of the Lord. How many of you know health stuff is good, but God's stuff is better? And we get to, but we get it all. Is what I'm saying. So listen, there's a whole lot of people. If you, if you take some time to study it out, you'll find out. They're doing studies. They're coming out with it. They're put, producing meal plans and fasting plans where they fast two days a week throughout the year. Or where they fast specific hours of the day, every day. And they do these things because they have health benefits. We've been doing them to worship the Lord for a lot longer than that. So we'll get those benefits and we'll get spirit, soul, and body benefits and we'll get unifying the body benefits. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So uh, just to reiterate, did everyone understand the, with clarity everything that we covered? It's very simple. The dates are Monday and then all the way until April 2nd. So April 2nd is the day before Palm Sunday. That is the 40-day fast that we will be fasting together. We will be fasting from midnight until noon. And if you need to, you can break fast on Saturdays as well as Sundays. But we will be breaking fast on Sundays. And if you need an alternative because you can't fast for 12 hours for health reasons, then you can, eat, you can fast one or two meals a day and break up what's left throughout the day. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But ask the Lord what the best thing for you to fast is and the best way for you to fast is so that you can sanctify this time and set yourself up to have your focus entirely on the things of God for these 40 days because this is a sanctified time and you will see the Lord draw nigh unto you. Hallelujah. 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 Would you just stand up and begin to pray in the Holy Spirit as we just consecrate this whole season. We thank you, Father. Lord, we thank you for the benefits. We thank you for the blessing. We thank you for your anointing. We thank you for your empowerment. We thank you for a supernatural detoxification in people's physics bodies. We thank you for a strengthening, for an enlivening, for a reviving. We thank you for healing what is broken, for changing uh, 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 what needs to be transformed. We thank you for another arena and another level of sobriety of mind, boldness, faith, courage, authority. We thank you, Lord, that if in any way the enemy has come against your children to cause a delay or a hindrance, my goodness, or a burden or a wall of some kind, we thank you that this fast will empower us with your authority and power to say this kind comes out, this kind moves out of the way, this kind gets under our feet, this kind gets out of our face, this kind can't touch our family this kind can't touch our household in the name of Jesus and everybody said amen, amen. and open up in the
the word of God with me today on your feet. We're going to read this together. And we have been reading and ministering out of this scripture because the spirit of the Lord has been just continually speaking. In Matthew chapter 4, and it says... We're going to read verse 1 through verse 4 together. Are you ready? Yes. It says, Then was Jesus led up of the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, he was afterward unhungered. And when the tempter came to him, he said, If thou be the Son of God, command that these stones be made bread. But he answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Hallelujah. You can say amen. amen. And you may be seated. The scripture shows us and the Lord shows us like Reverend John ministered and, and shared with us. You see these 40 days are a powerful time. Moses was transfigured and his face shone like an angel. Elijah was caught up to heaven. Christ is Christ. <laughs> are you with me? So this 40 days you could see is also an, uh, 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 a showcase of transformation change and becoming becoming uh, uh, like the Lord. Are you with me? Yes. Becoming like the Lord. And so when you see in Matthew in chapter 4, the, the tempter said, turn these stones into bread. Now, what is it? The, the, the temptation is turn these stones into bread. But Christ's response to the devil, are you with me? is a response that shows us that he's not alone in his authority. He doesn't, he says, man does not live by bread alone. Are you with me? So Christ is expressing a scripture and a promise and a truth that doesn't apply to him alone but is a shared promise that we have with Christ. How many of you are part of mankind? How many of you are a man or a woman? And so when he said man does not live by bread alone, he is describing a type of man and a type of woman that live by the by the living word of God. Are you with me? So you and I don't live by bread alone. Up until this time, mankind was marked by bread alone. Natural level alone. Physical alone. They hadn't, man had not walked on water. The eyes of a blind man that was born blind had not been opened. 
There were very few examples of resurrection. Are you with me? Man was known by living by bread alone. Christ is now describing a new type of man and a new type of woman. And he is saying this kind of man, this kind of woman will not be known by the natural realm. They will be known by what God is speaking to them, what God is doing through them, what God is breathing into them. This is a person that doesn't live by what the earth gives, but lives by what God speaks to them. This is the God type of man, the God type of woman, not the natural, but the supernatural person. Are you with me? And so the enemy came and said, turn these stones into bread. And we know that the temptation was to act as God instead of as a man anointed by God. But if Jesus would have acted in a way that was by his deity, he would have excluded you and excluded me from the invitation to be a part of that authority. And so instead of acting as God, he expressed as a man anointed by God the same scripture that you and I have inherited today. You and I can stand on the scripture that says man does not live by bread alone because we are mankind. So we, are you with me? So he invited us into that authority when the, when the disciples couldn't cast out the devil. They, they said, well, they, they could have told the, the, you know, because they asked him, why could not we cast him out? I mean, the, the father said, we, I brought him to your disciples and they couldn't cast him out. <laughs> I brought him to your disciples and they couldn't cast him out. They could not deal with that devil. Well, the disciples didn't just take that and receive it and say, all right, we couldn't deal with that devil. This kind cometh not out, but by Jesus Christ himself walking on the earth. Now you may say, well, Pastor Christy, I know that. Really? Then why do most Christians act like God come do something about this? No, Jesus said, you morally twisted breed of men. How long will I put up with you? How many of you know that didn't sound like Jesus was all right with us accepting failure? It did not sound like Jesus was all right with us being subservient to a kind of devil or at the mercy of a level of darkness or at the mercy of a level of oppression. He said, no, this is a twisted breed. You're not a twisted breed. You're the type of man or woman that doesn't live by bread alone. You live by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Woo! So are you here? So he said, because of your unbelief, how be it, this kind cometh not out but by fasting and prayer. Now, the how be it didn't get rid of the unbelief. How many of you know what I'm, what I'm, in other words, because of your unbelief, how be it, this kind cometh not out but by fasting and prayer, meaning that fasting and prayer 
increases our accessibility to the God kind of faith. Fasting and prayer increases. Dr. Harfouche said that. Last, are you with me? It increases our accessibility to the God kind of faith. So their faith goes to another level. Their authority goes to another level. Their ability to tell the devil to get out of their face goes to a different level. Are you with me? And so Jesus Christ told Jesus Christ fasted now he is the word become flesh he he, he is the word become flesh he has the spirit without measure are you with me but he fasted 40 days and 40 nights and the scripture says that after he returned with great power great authority so that means that if our Lord and Savior fasted and returned with another level of authority then your authority is gonna go to another level your ability is gonna go to another are you with me so this morning dr. Harfouche spoke to me and he said I want you to tell the people this that that that, that in the same account if you go to, well, we'll go to Luke and then we're going to go back to Matthew. Luke in chapter 4. This is a missing key in a lot of people's lives. And, and this year, you can, you can uh, get a hold of your whole year with the power of God. I don't want to, uh, I don't want to live a life that is beneath what Christ purchased for me, what he supplied for me. He could, he could have at any time called angels. He said it. He could at any time call, called angels. He could have at any time uh, acted out of his divinity. He could have turned the stones into bread. But instead of doing that for himself, he he spoke words that you and I are a part of. Instead of representing himself, how many of you know Christ did not become flesh to represent himself? The word became flesh to represent flesh. Everything he did in the flesh, he did for flesh. Everything he did as a man, he did for man. Everything he did as a man, he did so that we could do it through his ability in his name. Hallelujah. He said, these works will you do and greater works than these. How many of you believe there's another level of consecration that can enable you to step into another level of the works of the Lord? I will not allow any enemy, any spirit of darkness, any devil to stand in my way and tell me you can't come this way when my Lord and Savior gave me all the power over the forces of darkness. Woo! Hallelujah. And so there, there, so you see in, in, where were we? Luke, Luke in chapter four, you see the same account. And Dr. Harfouche uh, told me this morning to look at that word, uh, devil. That word devil being, it says in Jesus, being full of the Holy Ghost, returned from Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. So I want to stop just for a moment and just say this. Many, many people um, 
while you're fasting with us, while you're praying with us. Um, and if you have any questions about the fast, um, I, I was going to ask Reverend John a few questions so that we, we uh, touched everybody's questions, because I know sometimes we have questions. If you do, you can text the ministry number, and I will see if Reverend John can answer those so that you can, you know, have clarity. And um, that, would, that would be good. But those of you that are fasting with us and you're giving God something else other than food as well. You're doing the, the fast you know, in food, but you're also going to give the Lord something else. The, you may say, where is that in the Bible? It's right here. Right here. Where is that in the Bible? Where is it in the Bible to fast uh, 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 media, to fast social media, to fast whatever people are, you know, connected to. It's right there. He went up into the wilderness. He fasted everything. He fasted everybody and he fasted everything. It's right there. You know, so, so that he, he disconnected from every, everything, you know? And so it's right there. Whatever you're giving to the Lord, whatever has been taking your time up, whatever's been taking your focus up, whatever's been muddling up your, your, your sobriety of mind, give it to God and allow that noise to be moved out of the way so that you can hear his voice in a greater, more clear way. Hallelujah. And so, uh, being full of the Holy Ghost, returned from Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, being 40 days tempted of the devil. And in those days, he did eat nothing. And when they were ended, he afterward hungered, and the devil said unto him, that word devil there is the word accuser, slanderer, uh, enemy. How many of you know that's who the devil is? But you've been given authority over him. And, and as you give the Lord some time, and you give the Lord some prayer, and you give the Lord some focus, and you give the Lord some attention, and you put away what's natural so he can fill you with what is supernatural, hallelujah, then you will shush the slanderer. You will uh, uh, shut the mouth of the accuser. You will cause him to be put behind you. Hallelujah. And then go with me back to Matthew in chapter 4. You know, I know that I, I have um, many, many here and many joining me that are on uh, hearing the Lord in, in all kinds of different personal ways. And I, I want you to know that it's not, you don't need to put up with. You don't need to put up with symptoms. You don't need to put up with sickness. You don't need to put up with failure. You don't need to put up with it. The disciples said, why could not we cast him out? They didn't say, it's all right, I don't need to be able to have authority over this kind. They said, why could not we cast them out? Because they had been casting out devils. Then they encountered a kind that was, you know, stubborn. Right? And so the Lord, the Lord, tell the Lord what, what you want. Tell the Lord what you're believing for. 
Tell the Lord what you want to see and put your faith on that. And so in, in chapter 4 of Matthew, Jesus led up of the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, he afterwards hungered and the tempter came to him. That word tempter is actually the one who tempts. And that word means to be proved, to be tried. Now, it's, a, it's an interesting word. How many of you understand? Because to be proved is actually a good thing for you. Not giving the credit to the tempter, but giving the credit to God. Because to be proved means to conquer, to overcome, to show that the greater one lives on the inside of you, that your faith is pure gold, that what Christ sowed in your heart will not be aborted, it will not be delayed, it will not be hindered. It is to show that you've been given power over all of the powers of darkness. Hallelujah. So to be proved is a good thing. But you see that this is, what is this? This is every contradiction, every pressure, every opposition of the kingdom of darkness. The opposition of the kingdom of darkness comes against children of God. And we are called to vanquish every opposition of the kingdom of darkness through the authority that God has given us. This kind cometh out by fasting and prayer. This kind cometh out by fasting and by prayer. This kind cometh out can't stay can't linger can't stick around can't say no this kind cometh out by fasting and by prayer hallelujah hallelujah Somebody just needs to lift your hands to heaven and give God the praise about that. you 
And I'm telling you right now, Christian, I love you and I love those that are joining me, but do not settle. Don't put up with it. My goodness. Don't put up with what does not belong in your life. It is a morally twisted generation that put up with failure. It's not according to Christ. Now, I'm not sure why that's hitting the atmosphere so strong today, but I've got to say what's the truth because I'm not sent to represent myself. I'm sent to represent the one who sent me. You are a champion of God. You are the head and not the tail. You are above and not beneath. Don't put up with weariness. Don't put up with fear. Don't put up with anxiety. Don't pull up with depression. Don't put up with oppression. Don't put up with it. Woo! Hallelujah. Because whatever that demonic, uh, uh, whatever that opposition of the kingdom of darkness is against the kingdom of light the kingdom of light overcomes the kingdom of darkness and so you, you someone said well pastor christy are you saying that i've got to fast and pray in order to operate uh, uh in the anointing in the ability of christ christ already lives in me you know what i'm telling you i'm telling you this you live in a physical body on a physical planet and you will live beneath the laws of the physical unless you get so connected to the spiritual that the physical cannot control you any longer because you are what you eat and man does not live by bread alone but transforms that into energy into strength the word calorie is actually a a a you know it's like a battery word it's an energy word it it describes the energy that's in that food that's what it describes so the reason that i'm saying that is because in john in chapter six where we we were going to read but it's okay we'll just quote it because it's important when jesus spoke to the woman at the well he was fatigued he was wearied i i know i'm i talked to you about it friday but i'm going to talk about it again because it's good he was wearied from his journey because he's physical he's in a physical body his disciples know that he's in a physical body they're concerned about him they go get him food because he's in a physical body see we have thought so much but that was jesus but jesus limited himself to be to be made a man the word became flesh if he would have done anything in a way that excluded him from mankind, then we would be excluded from him in salvation. He had to be the perfect representative of you so that you could be empowered to be a representative of him.
bless me a little bit. That's what he, he was a perfect representative of us. So that we could be representatives of him. So that we could now ask in his name. So that we could now cast out devils in his name. So that we, are you, you're with me. So the woman at the well, he was thirsty. He asked her for water. She was, she was all about her well. Because every other man lives by bread alone. And so if she's holding the well, she's holding the power. But he said, if you knew who I am and what I'm carrying for you, if you knew the gift of God, you would have asked of me. What is he saying? He's saying your well is lesser than my well. Your bread is lesser than my bread. Your power is lesser than my power. He said, you would have asked of me and I would have given you living water. And when you drink of this water, it'll be in you a well springing up into everlasting life. Woo! Woo! See, that's the key. God wants to strengthen you with his power. He wants to give you his ability. He wants to give you his bread. She went to the well to get natural water. But she found something greater than what she went looking for. And when she found the greater, the scripture says she left her water pot. How many of you see? She left what was lesser. See, when, when she started on that mission, she thought what she needed was natural water. When she met him, she realized God had something greater. to a woman who's Samaritan at a well. <sighs> he had been in the wilderness too long. He forgot what was socially acceptable. good that's ridiculous what does the earth need that the spirit can't supply the earth is just the ground that receives his seed and his water and his growth and his ability the earth is waiting for the people of God to stand up and show themselves to be his sons and his daughter all creation travails together to witness it Woo! 
Yeah, Jesus was so spiritually minded. And, and so you may be seated and the disciples said, Master, eat. Why did they say that? Because they knew he was hungry. Because, see, they were familiar with his humanity. See, that's the part we're not as familiar with. We didn't eat with him physically. We didn't handle him physically. We didn't see that he got weary. See, we didn't see any, we didn't see him get tired. They did. Some of them may say, well, Pastor Chrissy, I don't believe Jesus ever got tired. Well, I don't know what, I mean, it says it. He was wearied from his journey. It's not failure to get tired. It's human. But it didn't stay that way. Because the scripture says that when they said, Master, eat. He said, I have meat that ye know not of. Notice he didn't say, I'm going without. But he didn't eat natural meat. So where did he get the calories? <laughs> where did he get the energy? Notice he didn't say, I'm, I'm hungry, but I'm going to endure it. I'm going to go without on behalf of God. I'm going to sacrifice. No, he showed us that when you choose God, you choose the better. You don't go without what's essential. You plug into what's unlimited and what's eternal and what is over sufficient for what you need. He was full of meat that they knew not of. And his meat was to do the will of God and to finish his mission. That was the meat that filled his belly. That was the life that energized his system. You may say, well, Pastor Christy, that just sounds crazy. Well, I read in the scripture that the prophet ate when the angel fed him and ran off of the strength of that meat for 40 days. Now, you may say that you may put that in a crazy portion of scripture, but I don't allow any scripture to be outside of my portion. That's my portion. That's that's my portion. Woo! Hallelujah. So in a, in a, in a, it was, you may be seated. So he said, I have meat that you know not. I have meat that you know not of. And actually we can look at it in John and, um, it's actually John chapter four. I, in verse 31, in the meantime, while his disciples prayed him saying, master eat, he said unto them, I have meat to eat that ye know not of. Hallelujah. I have meat to eat that ye know not of. He had meat that she knew not of. Thank you, Savior. Thank you, Jesus. Just pray in the Holy Spirit right now. Ma marakatara beladie. I have meat that you know not of. I'm fasting what's natural. 
so that I can be filled with what's supernatural. I'm letting go of what's earthly so that I can be filled with what's heavenly. I'm allowing God to strengthen. I'm allowing God to fill. I'm allowing God to be my fuel because I don't live by earthly alone. I live by heavenly. I don't live by natural alone. I live by spiritual. I don't live by what's down. I live by what's above. I don't live by what's limited. I live by what's unlimited. Hallelujah. And, and that's, that's the life of the Christian. That's the life of this Christian. The scripture says in Romans that if the self, if the same spirit that resurrected Christ live in you, he will what? Quicken or energize your mortal body. And now I know, I know, I know, I know. Look at the person next to you and say, she knows that for some people around the world, this sounds extreme. But I'm going to tell you something. This is the key to understanding physical health. Physical health. Because the scripture says that by his stripes we are healed. And it says that we are not our own. We've been bought with a price. Now if you relinquish your body to what's natural only. You know, if you relinquish your body, your physical part, if we can compartmentalize ourselves, how many of you know it's hard to do that, but people do it. If you could relinquish your body to the natural realm, then you would be divorcing a portion of yourself that Christ purchased. He said, we present our bodies a living sacrifice. What's that word? Shout it. Holy. What? Shout it again. Holy. What does that word mean? Set apart, sanctified to who? God. Who owns you? God. Now, by a choice, we're love slaves, right? Yeah. Right? Because people don't like that. He owns you. Yeah, it's because I chose it, you know? You chose it. And so our bodies don't belong to the natural only. But if we think we live by bread alone, then we will divorce ourselves from the divine health that comes from knowing that our physical body doesn't exempt us from our spiritual life. I got to go there. I want to go to this one. I got to go to Romans, Romans in chapter eight again, and, and just look at this for a few minutes. Just stretch your hands up to heaven and shout glory three times. just a little bit more word just a little bit more word okay because this is important I don't want one person to have to put up with physical symptoms physical weakness or whatever the enemy has tried to make you feel like it's a part of you it is not a part of you you are bone of his bone and you are flesh of his flesh and the scripture says that as your days are so shall your strength be and with long life he would satisfy you and show you his salvation now I want a long satisfied life it doesn't say with long life he will torture you. 
If it's a satisfied life, that means it's a healthy life. That means it's a whole life. That means it's a strong life. That means it's an abundant life. That means it's a, a life that shows his salvation. And so, Romans chapter 8. says for in verse 5 for they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh but they are they that are after the spirit the things of the spirit for to be carnally minded is death but to be spiritually minded is life and peace because my god do you see that you see, light bulbs are going off because we're talking about this fasting and prayer. Now, all of a sudden, we're like, oh, I, I see that. I see how that, that's me right now, stepping into this supernatural time. I'm putting my mind and my focus and my attention on the things of God. Not because I think God doesn't care about the natural things. But because I know that the spiritual things feed better than the natural things. The spiritual things strengthen better. The spiritual things make whole better. The spiritual things fill you up better. The spiritual things satisfy you better. This How many of you don't want to be rich in the natural and poverty stricken in the spirit? We know that God maketh rich and addeth no sorrow with it because there are riches that have sorrow attached to them. And everybody could say, well, the, the, the natural things of this life don't make happy. They don't make satisfied. Why is that? Because there's something greater. The natural is included in the spiritual things. The, that, oh, so, my God. Be, where are we? Verse 7. Are you still with me? Yes. Is it too much? No. Am I overfeeding you? No. Well, can, you, can you imagine what, what are the spiritual calories that were in that angel cake that the prophet ran off for 40 days? I know someone's like, well, that's just silly, Pastor Christy. Angel cake doesn't have any calories in it. <laughs> How many of you know my point is that something spiritually sent impacted natural strength and unless we recognize that the spiritual can interact with our physical then we won't be able to believe for divine health because we'll think the spiritual things are for my spirit and the natural things are for my body but he ran off of that spiritual food for 40 days. So, so because, so then go to verse nine. My goodness. 
Verse 9, Romans 8, verse 9. But ye are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. How many of you have a flesh and bone body? How many of you have some blood in there? So notice you can be in the flesh, but not in the realm of the flesh. You can be in the flesh, but not in the rule of the flesh. You can be in the flesh, but in the kingdom of heaven. Woo! But in the spirit. If so be that the spirit of God, ah, I, you know, don't, I need to leave you alone. No, I need to leave this one, this one thought alone. Well, that's the spirit. That's not the kingdom of heaven. The kingdom of heaven means the rule of God. Wherever God is king, that's the kingdom. So if he's king over me, I'm in his kingdom. Period. That's what it means. Moving on. So, woo! So, you are not in the flesh. Someone shout hallelujah about that. But in the spirit, if so be that the spirit of God dwell in you. Now, if any man have not the spirit of Christ, he is none of his. And if Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin. But the spirit is life because of righteousness. What does that mean? That means that even the mortality of your body cannot supersede the power of the righteousness of God that is strengthening you and quickening you because it says in verse 11, But if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwelleth in you. So notice the resurrection in you is greater than the mortality outside of you. The resurrection in you is greater That's why it says lay hands on the sick and they will recover. That's why it says we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power would be of God and not of us. My goodness, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Savior. Thank you for your healing power. Thank you for your strengthening power. Thank you. Thanks for joining us on the Christian Harfouche Ministries podcast. Join us on our other podcast, Miracles Today. Connect with us at globalrevival.com, and we'll see you next week.